0: The new year is almost upon us, and boy, what a year it's been. Another one dealing with COVID. And the pandemic dominating headlines, but there were some other major headlines, too. Joe Biden became president. Trump supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol. The container ship Ever Given blocked the Suez Canal, disrupting billions of dollars in trade. The nation was gripped by the trial of ex-cop Derek Chauvin, who was ultimately found guilty in George Floyd's death. We watched the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. And the U.S. ended a 20-year war in Afghanistan with a less-than-stellar withdrawal, just to name a few events. But we all, of course, had personal trials and triumphs, too. So today in Mindful Headlines, we'll talk about how to close off this year, end this chapter, and then look toward the next one with some hope. We are talking New Year's resolutions with author and motivational speaker Mike Robbins. Should we make them? How do we review our year effectively so we can make some meaningful changes in 2022? Mike, thanks for being a part of the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: I'm really excited to have a conversation with you today because um, I've seen some of your work, and I think it's going to be inspiring for our listeners, hopefully. And I know it's the holiday season, so I'm really grateful to you for taking some time to do this.
1: Uh, Well, thanks. I I feel similarly grateful. Glad you asked me to do it and glad we get to have this conversation.
0: So I don't know about you, but towards the end of the year, I have this feeling of nostalgia often for the things that have already happened in my life, but then I'm also looking forward and it's really kind of a mixed emotions, right? Sometimes sad for things that have passed and then really looking towards the future and getting excited about things. And I think a lot of people feel that way. So I just want to begin by asking you, what are you feeling this time of year?
1: Well, look, I would say in general, I tend to have a similar mix mix of emotions at the end of the year. I mean, this year, I think on the heels of last year like a lot of people i'm feeling pretty exhausted um you know it's sort of usually the week between christmas and new year's is like one of my favorites but it's also just that oh my gosh we've been through a lot i've been through a lot personally i'm sure you have and everybody listening to us has you know this has been a really intense 21 almost 22 months with covid and you know up in up in seattle where you are and down here in the bay area where i am i mean and we've been sort of right from the very beginning of this, it's been pretty intense. So um, I'm definitely feeling grateful to have made it through another year um, and and looking forward to the new year. But also, I think there's that trepidation and fear because, you know, the new variant and what what's going to happen. And I mean, so that's how I'm feeling personally. And in talking to a lot of my friends and clients and people that I work with, I'm hearing a lot of the same things from folks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As we're watching COVID, I think people are a little bit hesitant. And as the new year approaches, we're still kind of not having these huge celebrations like we right. have had in years past, right. but I do want to make today very optimistic for the yes. people listening because we are starting a new year and hopefully 2022 things will continue to improve, especially <laughs> as far as COVID is concerned. Yeah. So I want to ask you, what are your feelings towards new year's resolutions? Should people make resolutions? Should they not?
1: Look, I think it's a tricky thing. I do think, first of all, I think it's really important that we create some ritual around completing the year. I think we dive into resolutions with good intention, but it's like, okay, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to put my phone down. I'm going to, you know, be nicer to my spouse and my kids. I mean, all good things, right? Mostly the things we make in new year's resolutions are good. They're positive so that I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. What I've learned over the years, and I've been coaching people for over two decades, and the whole sort of end of the year, beginning of the year thing has been a big part of my work um, for a long time. And so I think the first thing we have to do though is create some kind of completion for the year. And what I mean by that is reflecting on, you know, what were my biggest wins from this last year? What were the biggest challenges? What were the biggest lessons? Um, I tend to go through my entire calendar for the whole year just to reflect back. Cause I think before we think about what we wanna create next, we have to bring some sense of closure To what's just ended and if your year in 2021 was fantastic congratulations if it was terrible my heart goes out to you and if it was somewhere in between as it probably was for most of us like we still can go through that process of both celebrating being grateful maybe grieving but just bringing some sense of closure closure and completion before we then turn the page to think about Okay, what is it that I want to be focused on in the new year? So that's kind of a long answer to your simple question. I do think new year's resolutions are important. I think though often we step over the part of the the completion process, which then makes it harder for us to effectively create our resolutions or our goals or intentions for the new year, all that successfully.
0: That's interesting you say that. I hadn't thought of that before. And I do want to ask you about how to successfully keep your resolutions. But before (laughs) we do that, um, since you brought it up, how do you go and review your year? You said you look at a calendar, but are there other systematic ways that people can do that?
1: Yeah, I think sometimes, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, I I literally go through my calendar and Outlook on my computer, on my phone, and just just as a reminder. And then what I do, and I've coached people to do this, is I make the list of both wins like things that i'm proud of and excited that i can celebrate and challenges like what were the best things and what were the hardest things and i literally make that list like in my journal and i'll spend some time journaling sometimes even you know my wife and i will talk through this you know many years ago we used to have new year's eve gatherings before we had kids and life was a little different where we would just bring our friends together and it was part of like we would go around in a circle and everybody would talk about what were the best things from the last year? What were the worst things from the last year? And again, it's always like, there's always something to celebrate. We can celebrate, oh my gosh, that was amazing. Or we can celebrate, thank God I made it through that. So (laughs) I'm always looking at it from that. Let's be real, but let's also be positive about it. And I think in some way, shape or form, whatever we do, I'm also a big believer in every year at the end of the year, whether it's on new year's Eve, right before midnight, or at some point in that I will do something where I either write in my journal, even say out loud, I declare this year complete.
0: So one of the reasons that I really wanted to do this podcast with you as well is that I've been in the news a long time. And every year, right around the middle of January, towards the end of January, we do this story where it's like, have you already stopped with your new year's resolution? Have you already failed in your new year's resolution? That's okay. You know, yada, yada.
1: Well, so a couple of things. So again, we talked about the completion process, which is really important to kind of create a clean slate. Then I think it's really important to think about two two things as it relates. I don't really like the word resolution because usually what that connotates is something that's kind of shame based, like, oh, I ate too much over the holidays. I don't feel good. Now I'm going to, my resolution is I'm going to, you know, stop eating sugar or stop drinking or, you know, not that those things in and of themselves are bad, but it's like, okay, what is it that you really want? So I'm a big believer in like, let's create our goals and our intentions from that positive place. I want to feel healthy. I want to feel connected. I want to feel balanced. I want to be engaged in my life, my work, my family, whatever it is. And that's kind of the high level, but there's really a difference between a goal and a habit. And I've been, I've been recently reading as millions of people around the world have James Clear's great book, Atomic Habits, but he talks about, you just read it, right? So, you know, right. What he says, and I love this idea, is we're not going to rise to the level of our goals, we'll fall to the level of our systems. And when he's basically talking about, so think of a New Year's resolution, people say, I want to lose some weight. Okay, great. So you can have a a goal to lose some weight or to be healthier, whatever that means. That's the goal. A lot of us have that goal. The difference is, though, what habits do we put in place? What actions are we actually going to take? And what might get in the way of that so in a lot of cases when we want to do something new at the beginning of the year you know the classic thing is like oh the gyms are all full the first couple weeks of january and then they're not or we we do it for a couple of days or even a couple weeks and then we don't and what i've learned is that if we can really break down some of our habits or our practices to very specific things what are we going to do when are we going to do it and who's going to know like is there some accountability that we can create, you know, I'm somebody who tends to procrastinate on things that are hard to do. I've published five books and I only say that not to brag, but because like I was the kid in school that literally waited until the last day to write the paper. When I was in college, I would stay up all night almost every time I had a paper due. This is not the ideal way to do it. So I'm not advocating anyone do it that way. But when I look at my five published books and I think about how did I do that? The only way I did that was accountability. Having people making commitments and promises, small things that I would do and I would accomplish by the end of the week, by the end of the month, and having someone outside of myself hold me accountable to that. So I think when we think about our resolutions or things we want to do newly in the new year, we don't want to do like, I'm going to do 100 new things because we're not going to do that. Keep it simple and then think about the practical specific things we're going to do. And for the ones that might be hard or scary or we know we don't have a good habit in place of doing it. Who outside of ourselves can we get to hold us accountable so that we actually make those things more habitual?
0: We talked a little bit about personal goals, Um, like you said, losing weight or becoming healthier, spending more time with family. I know you've written a lot of books about career and the workplace. A lot of people have career goals as well for the new year. So um, I'm really curious about um, you've written some things about bringing your authentic self to work. I, I wanted you to speak a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, well, look, I mean, I think in a lot of cases, if as it relates to our careers, so hey, I want to advance in my career this way, I want right, to get to the next level, get a promotion, I want to, um, you know, better myself in certain skills, similarly, it's like the goal might be, I want to get a promotion, I'm currently, you know, a director, I want to be a senior director, or I want to be a VP or whatever that is, that's the goal, then you got to sort of break it down to you know, what are the next steps for me to take? And you may know exactly what those are, but in a lot of cases we don't. And that's where mentorship and support um, and even sponsorship comes from. And so I'm a big advocate for people who are wanting to advance in their careers, whether you own your own business or you work for a big company or you're in the news media or you're in education or any career, it's like find people in your, you know, industry that you can actually talk to and get some mentorship from. There's a ton of people out in the world who actually would love to be doing more mentoring their, than they're doing. And one of the reasons I talked to a lot of very successful seasoned professionals who are like, you know, people don't ask me or people get weird about, you know, wanting help and support. So I'm a big believer in the idea of the answer is always no, if you don't ask. So it's not that we want to be pushy and obnoxious, but finding people around us or within our network that we say, Hey, I really respect you. I really admire you. And i'm wanting to advance in my career in this way or that way or develop this skill or get to this next level, would you be willing to help me, would you be willing to mentor me. And then just see you know they might say no, but more often than not they're going to say yes and that's a really great way for us to you know move forward in our careers is with the support of people who've already been down the path before.
0: That's great advice. And um, it kind of relates to gratitude, which I wanted to ask you about as well, because um, as you said, a lot of people do want to share their skills and they're grateful for where they've ended up in their career and they want to give that forward. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit because I did listen to your podcast. I think it was your podcast or maybe it was your blog about um, gratitude and how that plays a factor in your life as well. Um, You mentioned at the beginning of this interview too, um, just being grateful for things and how that can push us forward in the new year.
1: For sure. Well, I mean, my story around gratitude, you know, I've been focused on gratitude and appreciation in my work for the whole 21 years. I've been doing this. Um, My young life was focused on sports. I was an athlete. I played baseball all growing up. I grew up here in the Bay area where I still live and got a chance to play in college at Stanford and then got a chance to play professionally with the Kansas City Royals for a few years. I ended up getting injured when I was still in the minor leagues with Kansas City. I was a pitcher. I tore ligaments in my elbow. And after three surgeries at the age of 25, I was forced to retire from baseball after starting when I was seven. It was super painful. It was super challenging, as you can imagine. But the big realization that I had when my career ended a lot sooner than I hoped it would, and I hadn't reached my ultimate goal of making it to the major leagues and, you know, pitching for a long time in the big leagues is, oops, I forgot to appreciate it. I was so busy trying to make it. I was so obsessed with, like, I'm going to get there, I'm going to get there. And I was a pretty good athlete, but I spent and wasted most of my time thinking that I wasn't good enough, comparing myself to everyone around me, and literally like holding my breath, hoping that I didn't screw it up. And when it was all said and done, I was like, oh, darn it, I wish I would have appreciated that and enjoyed it more. And so I say that, I mean, that's a pretty extreme example. And most people aren't trying to become professional athletes and make it to the major leagues, but we all have these goals and aspirations and it's okay to dream big. And I'm a big believer in dreaming big and going for it. I think though, what we sometimes lose sight of, because our culture is so obsessed with outcomes and results, and especially in this crazy social media world of like, Hey, look at me, I'm on Instagram. I just had this awesome thing happen to me. I think what we forget is that success is a step-by-step process. Failure is not the opposite of success. It's part of success. And so for us to create little milestones along the way and to be grateful, even when we fail or things don't go exactly the way we want them to, can we be grateful for the lesson? Can we be grateful for, I mean, again, think of the pandemic and all the challenges with it. I feel super grateful that I'm healthy, that my family's together, that I've been able to continue to do my work virtually, even though it's been hard and challenging at times, so I think gratitude can play a big role when we think about our goals and our aspirations and our resolutions, whatever we wanna call them for the new year, because what can I be grateful for as I reflect back on this past year? What am I grateful for right now? And if I imagine just say a year into the future, this time next year, what would I? What can I hope to be grateful for at that point, given whatever's gonna happen over this next year? It just has a way of orienting us and putting our mindset in a different way. Being grateful doesn't mean everything's great. Being grateful doesn't mean there's no issues, there's no challenges, there's no fear. It means that we choose to focus on what's good. And there's always stuff to focus on that's good, even in the midst of stressful, challenging times.
0: And um, just to end on a really positive note, I mean, is there anything like a bucket list item that you have in mind for yourself or your for your family in 2022?
1: Oh, gosh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think, you know, so this year we've got a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old. And so my our older daughter will be getting her driver's license this year. <laughs> so that's really kind of front and center at the moment. But I think, um, you know, for us right now, the focus for me and for my family is just can we enjoy ourselves and bring an even deeper level of joy into our lives, even though there's so much uncertainty and fear and stress around collectively, again, not denying what's going on. But at the same time, like I'm a big believer in like, it's us, it's not the circumstances that dictate our happiness and our well-being. And so again, I say that with respect and awareness of the fact that, you know, it has been a challenging time and continues to be, but we ultimately get to choose and we're the authors of our lives, which is something that I try to remind, you know, my daughters and my wife and the people around me and myself all the time, because it's easy to fall into that trap of, well, you know, what do you want from me? Look what's going on. So that's kind of a long way around to answer your question that, you know, my real intention for this year is just to, you know, surrender and be humbled by life in both a positive way, but also, you know, know that there's always ups and downs and twists and turns and we're all, you know, strong enough to make it through.
0: I love that you say that because one of the reasons I launched my podcast earlier this year was because I really felt that there was kind of a marriage between what's happening in the news and that's also what's happening within our own minds and how we interpret what's happening around us and that um, there is a really strong relationship to those things. You know, how the collective minds of our society are working reflects what's happening and what we're reporting on in the news and then vice versa, how you take it all in what's happening around you can really affect your own personal life, whether you look at it from a positive or a negative lens. Um, Is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to share for our listeners specifically?
1: Well, and I think along those lines to what you just said, you know, years ago, right after my baseball career ended, and I was going through that difficult transition and grieving and trying to figure out what was next and who was I if I wasn't an athlete, a friend of mine said something that really had an impact on me back then, and it has impact on me to this day. And I've thought about it a lot during COVID. He said, Mike, you know when you go through something difficult or challenging in your life, there's a tendency to ask a really simple but very dangerous question. The question is, why did this happen to me? He said, it makes sense that you would ask that question. He said, the problem with the question though is it's gonna keep you stuck. Because even if you answer it over and over again, even just in your own mind, you'll come up with some reason, some justification, some rationalization for why it's not fair, why you got a raw deal. He said, but if you change one word in that question, it'll fundamentally change the way you're relating to this challenge and any challenge you face. He said, change the word two to the word for and ask yourself, why is this happening for me? Mm-hmm. He said, doesn't mean you like it or agree with it or think it's wonderful. He's like, I'm not talking about phony Pollyanna positivity. I'm talking about really digging deep to look for what's the opportunity here. How did, how's this gonna make you better, stronger, more resilient? And you know, Jessica over the course of COVID and all the ups and downs in my own life personally, I ask that question a lot, and so I say to myself these days, to everyone listening, it's like, if we can ask ourselves, why is all of this happening for us, not to minimize any of what's going on, but like, there are opportunities for growth, for development, for joy, for connection, for success, for all of us in the midst of everything that's happening, and we ultimately get to choose how we're going to look at it. And how we're going to operate in life and i do think look the the beginning of the new year is kind of this arbitrary thing we just turn the calendar doesn't really change anything but it can fundamentally change the way we're relating to life and it is a new start a fresh start for all of us to turn the page and say okay i'm going to let go of some things that aren't working for me i'm going to try to do some new things that maybe will work better for me and let's hope me and my family and the people around me collectively we can continue on a positive path. And I think we all have that opportunity right now. And this is actually one of my favorite times of the year because of that energy.
0: I love that. Mike, thank you so much for your time. I want to wish you a happy holidays and happy new year, happy 2022.
1: Yeah, you as well. Thanks for having me.
0: That's it for this week's episode. To hear more from Mike and to read some of his books, I've linked to his website in our show notes. I'm Jessica Janner Castro, and you've been listening to the Mindful Headlines podcast. My goal with each episode is to understand how our minds influence current events so we can better understand our world inside and out. Make sure to subscribe for more episodes and please share with your friends and family. Oh, and cheers to a great 2022. I'll see you next year.